listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners, an agency made for manufacturers. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing exceptionally well, sir. And you? Ah, I'm doing great. It, uh, it's uh, good to be chatting once again. Indeed, it is. Um, I'm, uh, I'm excited for today's conversation. I think, um, I don't know, I kind of find that sometimes we almost run into two types of marketers in this world. There's people that have, you know, been with their organization for kind of like a year or 18 months, you know, and mm-hmm. things are getting underway. Or folks that have been with their organizations for a long time and uh, are really using that experience to power transformation. For sure, but are also, in this case, just getting underway with certain things. So it's kind of an interesting amalgam of those two uh, marketing types. I think it's, uh, yeah, so it should be a fun chat. Let's uh, let's get underway. Yeah, for sure. So joining us today is Courtney Spurlick. Courtney is the marketing director at the Duha Group, a... uh, person formerly uh, of Winnipeg, Canada, you know, so we have a certain connection there, but currently joining us from Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Courtney. Thank you. Thanks very much. I've been almost trying to detect like the combination Australian-Canadian accent. Or yeah, something. there's a certain like Western Canadian sound. Yeah. So Australians things. are just really warm Canadians, I always figure. <laughs> like, yeah, really. I mean, we both probably physically warm though yeah, right. yeah. And, and and just in, in, you know as a countries we we kind of over index on drinking <laughs> um so we share that there are many similarities between the countries that's for sure yeah, yeah. I, it um uh, well let's not um let's not do the spoiler alert for people who for sure you know they should figure out for their for themselves and visit both countries to see how well absolutely i haven't been there yet but uh, courtney tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your uh, storied history at the duha group so my, i've been with the duha group for over 16 years now um, and i started with them as a summer intern at the headquarters in in winnipeg in canada and from there have moved into various different roles from direct sales um, as, as a number of years, that was my role um, in various capacities and various regions. Um, then I did a little bit of management and logistics, and now I'm looking after sales for Australia and New Zealand with a focus on marketing for the overall organization. That is quite an evolution. It's a big change. It's lot, lots varied experience. It at least gets you out of the black thighs in Winnipeg as well. <laughs> <laughs> and the cold. Yeah. <laughs> quite right. Yeah, indeed. Uh, look, I, I wonder, um, I guess in that time, and especially with so much experience on the sales side, how have you found, um, how, how have you found the buyers have changed over this time? I think the, the biggest change from a, a, a buyer's perspective is, is in the time that we spend with them. So, you know, in, in my early days of, of direct selling and, and, I would find that, you know, you pick up the phone and call a client and if they don't answer, they'll probably call you back fairly quickly. Um, You'd maybe go in and meet with them then face-to-face within the next week or so, uh, possibly having coffee, lunch, some sort of social occasion. Um, And then, you know, you might even meet with them ongoing, you know, say every month or two. Um, Whereas now what we're finding that the the buyer has changed is, is phone calls are not always responded to. Or if you're communicating, the communication is instead of being over dinner or a social occasion is is on a you know Zoom or a FaceTime platform or texting, um, and generally that communication is only when you're having a live project with them. Um, if I'm prospecting a client, 
or or trying to um, you know do any sort of cold calling, it's it's very difficult um, from a face to face perspective. It just doesn't seem to happen as much anymore. So I think the the method of communication and the frequency of communication is certainly changing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I look, I I, I think it's interesting um, the people we often talk about the difficulty um, on the, on the, only on the prospecting side, but it's also interesting to think about just from a relationship management perspective over time, even with those existing customers, you're not in front of them as much as you used to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I guess I want to take us through a little bit about what your plans are at Duha group for kind of addressing this. How are we, how are we evolving how the Duha group goes to market and, presents themselves in order to kind of address this? So we're certainly recognizing, like many companies are, the, the, you know, the importance of digital transformation. Um, and what we're doing is we're actually building what we feel is quite a powerful team to identify some global trends and then interpret them locally in many different ways. Um, we have a team of about eight to 10 members in different regions around the world um, that are involved in varying degrees as you know, marketing may be just one aspect of their um, a wider role that they have. And so what we're having is a global editorial team who will be involved. And we're just really excited about building this global database of information um, and bringing success to our local clients. Um, we're also aligning our different divisions. So headquarters in, in Canada, we also have um, other fam. So Duha is a family business and we have several four family businesses um, involved in different countries around the world, as well as a division called Color Hive in the UK. Um, they are an excellent authority on, on color and on content. And so we will be connecting the world of color through all of our different organizations and facilities around the world. And I, I think just to back up and make sure that our audience knows fully kind of what Duha creates. Well, I'm so happy I, you're bringing this up because I'm thinking think, we're recording this late in the evening in order to sync up <laughs> with Australia, which means... I'm less coherent than normal, which is saying something. And I was thinking, how, do we even cover what the what what you're making? Yeah. yeah. So uh, just just tell us a little bit about the the product mix and uh, you know how how these different organizations around the world uh, fit into that. Tell uh, us what you do. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Sorry, I, I was remiss in explaining that. Oh, no, no, it's not no, your fault. We, we forgot to I ask. Think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're a private family business um, with headquarters in Winnipeg, Canada. That's where I, I started with the business. And our partnership, we have four part, partnership network with four family businesses, um, manufacturing facilities in seven countries and sales offices in nine. We sell to countries and over our customers in over 100 countries. And at the moment, we're in our third third generation of the family is involved with company management um, at the headquarters in, in Canada. We have about 700 staff globally. And our main customer would be a CMF individual, so color, material, and finish. And the best way to describe it would be if you think about any product, um, you eventually have to decide a color that you're going to produce that product in. And with producing that product, there would be challenges around what color you apply to that that product. Um, And then you have to decide how you're going to market that product and include color as part of that marketing. So we supply information to CMF individuals to do their job and also produce the tools that would assist in selling their product. Some examples of our product would be color chips that you would find in a paint store or home and center, um, Fandex that an architect or designer would work with, color cards that would a DIY consumer would use as inspiration. And then we also produce, publish a quarterly magazine called Mix um, through our Color Hive 
business and color and that's available through our color hive membership so we across color color is the main aspect main main thread that flows through all the divisions of our business and um and delivering tools to help our clients sell their products well look jeff i'm glad we cleared this up (laughs) i think so too i I think that explanation brings to the surface too one of the challenges that you have as an organization in that you know and and i can embarrassingly say that i don't think we've replaced our pantone swatch books in quite some time so you know the the products that you create often um don't require massive frequent updates. So, you know, staying in front of your customers and staying um, relevant to them so that they consider you for new things and and all of that must be particularly challenging and lead to some interesting, you know, content creation. Uh, I'm going to use the word challenges again, but uh, you you know what I mean? Like, it, it seems like that's going to be particularly difficult to do. Absolutely. And I think, you know, your, your comment about staying relevant is exactly right. And it's, it's, it's staying relevant also from the perspective of, of the local color trends um, and the importance of making sure that, that you have the right color at the right time. Um, so, you know, a color selected for a product, you want to make sure that that color doesn't, um, or that the product doesn't outlive the, the color and vice versa. So keeping, keeping that connection between color and product and life cycle, product cycle in mind is, is, is where it becomes relevant, even though the product itself may not be reproduced for several years. And I don't want to put too many words in your mouth, but I do want to try to connect some dots or at least what I think I'm seeing, which is, so, you know, you're seeing a changing uh, a buyer um, and and in order to meet that changing marketplace, you're really pulling, beginning to pull together a, uh, I think you said a seven or eight person kind of cross uh, corporate editorial team some people who don't have marketing as their main role, but only part of what they do to really help contribute to the thought leadership of the Duha group overall uh, in order to kind of begin to uh, establish that foundation to be uh, kind of uh, front and center with your customers more frequently and stay top of mind uh, on a more consistent basis. Am I uh, taking too many liberties or have I hit it recently? No, no, you've, you've, you've absolutely understood correctly. That's exactly where we're at. Nice. Well, we can wrap it up then, Jeff. (laughs) 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 Sorry. No, it's true. Um, What what are some of the, the early initiatives that you're undertaking as you're kind of transitioning into this more marketing uh, oriented organization? So some early initiatives I think that we're taking is, is actually um, internal and external. So because we're a global business and we have um, team members in various different facilities, making sure that everybody's on board um, from an early stage and, and sort of doing that in various different ways, depending on the individual, their other role that they have within the business and, and encouraging their activities and, and what we can do to help from a personal standpoint and in their, in their individual region. Um, so that's sort of more of a, an internal initiative that we're starting with. Um, from an external perspective, we're starting to really demonstrate to our clients and to to the market um, the expertise that we have around color and the expertise that we have in various different industries. Um, so you'll see more increased activity on s- different social platforms um, and just the, the the information that we can have when we have in-person or um, Zoom, FaceTime calls, the, the content and the the direction that we can take conversations 
um, we're bringing together a lot of the experience that we've developed over a number of years. I mean, the, the business started in 1948. So there's a lot of experience within the business um, of people who've been involved, not since 1948 exactly, but bringing together all that experience so that we can make sure that the content and the information stories that are provided to our client are just as rich as they can be. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. Very cool. And uh, and a lot of that is is beginning to kind of take shape on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram, I believe you mentioned. Absolutely. So you're, you're yeah. share, share some content that... Uh, that you're creating and and bringing to light uh, relevant articles that uh, are uh, you know kind of pointing the way for the industry. That's right. And I love the uh, the UK partner firm um, that can really help you on the trend spotting side of things. Uh, yeah. Stay um, uh, topical, particularly in a, in a platform like Instagram. I would think. Yeah. Yeah, their their content is incredible from an imagery perspective, um, copy everything. They're they're real experts in in creating that content and being, you know, on top of and, and ahead of of the trend and and um, and direction that, that every where we're going. And you're leveraging that across the group, not just with that one particular company, Berhant. Certainly, we are. We are, and I think what you'll see is is taking some of that information and applying it in different ways. Um, so you'll see, you know, some some imagery that may apply specific to a trend. Um, so think of fake news, water scarcity um, as, a, as a sort of global macro trend. Some of that imagery that would specifically apply to that, how can we also, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at that from a, a different angle, from a do-hop perspective and and from specific to color, specific to connecting the world with color and, and geographical applications um, and really demonstrating how you can um, use color in many different ways. And I, I'm interested to to know because as a, you know a, an organization that previously was primarily very sales focused and certainly you had a, a large role in that early in your in your career, um, how is your internal sales team embracing uh, this new direction and and what are they helping to contribute to it? So we, we're ve- we're very blessed with a, a wonderful sales team um, all across the world and um, with with incredible experience and, and different strengths individually. Um, they've been really welcoming to the change, um, happy to participate, happy to, to help with the success in, in our marketing initiatives, which I'm really lucky to have. Um, and so what, you, what you'll start seeing is, is um, and they, they already are starting to share some of the content individually themselves with their market um, and and their contacts. And they're starting to understand and, and you know almost become content generators themselves in many ways. Um, and willing to share with me some directions and, and stories. And, you know, I connect with, with many of them individually and, 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 and that will only increase on a fairly regular basis. Um, so just understanding and connecting what might be happening in one region with what could apply in another and, and really sharing stories and, and um, helping the initiative move forward. Is there a particular type of content that you can foresee having utility in in both the, uh, the more marketing kind of space and then in the direct outreach from a sales perspective as well? 
That's a very good question. Um, I think stories and examples, I mean, what, what we often find is, and this is somewhat linking back to the olden days of how we used to do our show and tell, you know, there may be something that a client would share in one region on a social platform that just due to, excuse me, due to algorithms, you may not see in your feed. And so we can make sure that clients in other regions are um, experiencing that. So for example, a new marketing campaign comes out, which we think is fabulous in one region, we'll make sure that that's um, visible in another region and be that through a social platform or in an individual sales call um, of sharing that and making sure that that it's top of mind and, and, and relevant. And so how you can take that content and take that example of a campaign or a product um, or a retail environment or a, a tool that's produced, how can you demonstrate you know, how that works in that one market and that it would be transferred to be applicable in another market based on that market's trends and culture um, and the way a product would be taken to market in a different in a different um, different culture different market it's interesting to consider in some ways that color is one of the more kind of culturally entwined when you think of color as a product yeah um, and doing it global and selling color globally what that really means yeah because it has uh, of course universal um, impact but not universally it's not universally understood either it doesn't have universal appeal across geographies and and yeah yeah. different colors mean different things in different regions so that that must affect things a bit too i mean it does certainly and we see that we see that every every quarter when we come out with our mix magazine where we do our um our trend forecast and we have the the color palette per for per trend and you'll see the regional differences where you know a globe from a global perspective we may look at a palette with a with a certain um variety of colors but that that palette needs to be modified depending on the region that you're that you're working in and and working with that particular trend and that particular color Um, so you know a yellow may be fabulous in in north america not so fabulous in in australia Um, you know a purple may be different in south america to to europe so absolutely Absolutely. They're, you know, color is universal, but the application and the importance and the strength and the, I guess, the intensity of that particular color is going to change depending on, on the country. I wonder, this is going completely off script now, but why not? Um, because, well, a percentage of our listeners are, are, are manufacturing marketers working within an international context. And I just wonder, um, in your uh, uh, color trend spotting, as it were. Do, do you, are, are there any patterns around? I don't know regions that tend to lead. You know, like for instance, something's hot in one area one year, then you can pretty much know twenty four months from there it's going to be hot somewhere else. I'm probably oversimplifying, but I mean, I think I think years ago you used to say that you know we would look to certain trend shows in Europe. And then that would follow in different regions, you know, as you said, 12, 24 months, months following. So many clients and so many companies are now attending those shows themselves. So the speed at which a color is adopted, I think, has changed as well. Um, and be that, you know, globalization, digital, you know, social media, or, or physically people going and attending these shows. I think there, there are certainly leaders in, in color, 
but I think the speed at which that's transferred has has increased over the years. So there's leaders still exist, but people can follow really fast these days. Absolutely. Kind of yes, yeah. absolutely. Inter- I mean, that's really interesting. And I mean, that has to present a particular marketing challenge too, because, you know, in, in you know, 10, 15 years ago, you, there is no way that you could have known right away. You would have had to wait for the magazines to come out a month later to showcase a particular color trend coming out of Milan or, or LA or something like that. And then seeing it show up in other countries at, at a later date. But now, you know, we all see it on Instagram pretty much immediately. So it's created a more homogenous world in, in some ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Be, be, you know, people doing Instagram stories, you know, instantly taking a picture and uploading it to their Instagram account or um, it, yeah, it's, it's the, and, and, and you, you know, when the show is happening, so you're watching for it. And you're waiting for the information. I mean, and we we publish that with Color Hive through various different shows and, and different um, different trends that they'll be following and, and applications, seminars that they'll be going to. Um, it's it's live. It's it's in the moment. So yeah, the information transfers instantly. Well, I'm glad I'm not really in the business then of color trend spotting. <laughs> 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 they are they are expertise it's it's absolutely it's a um it's a it's a very specialized area yeah it's pretty interesting the we need to uh we need to do a whole follow-up episode on this and actually get those people on the podcast to take us through kind of the in-depth of how they do color trend spotting i'm now really do you think curious. that would change your uh, your black t-shirt wardrobe I was, I was, it was funny <laughs> i was thinking about that earlier in this podcast like it's just that matter of like what shade of black t-shirt i wear <laughs> oh my god i'm terrible but it is an agency so it's expected yeah it's just yeah. it's a path of least resistance for sure for sure so courtney what what's what's next uh, you've been you've been starting to build out this program and uh, and work with your team and, and uh, you know, begin to formulate a, a bit of a content strategy. Where, where are you going from here? And, uh, you know, what do the, the next, I guess, to look at a similar time period, but what are the next 24 months look like? Yeah, for like you? what excites you about 2020 and beyond, you know? Um, that's so much is exciting. I think you'll start seeing some specific campaigns. Um, some new types of content will be coming out, um, new new platform will, will, will probably stay the same but in terms of in terms of content website um you know the 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 content itself and the the method of communication of content will be different um i think you'll start seeing a lot more and of conversations around color and and connecting the world of color and making that global um the global transformation applicable to regional um is 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 really exciting so in in say in 24 months where we'll be um it's a bit of a crystal ball still at this stage but we're really excited um we'll we'll certainly be hope you know hopefully the 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 hashtag of connecting the world with color the duha name the color hive name will be widely known um you know our our consumers will be and our customers will be enjoying some of the content that we're we're providing and having conversations with us and being active with us and, and engaging in, in what we're doing. And, uh, you know, I think two years is a bit far out for us to forecast at this stage, but <laughs> we're excited to where we're heading. Yeah. Man, I love it. it was, I remember being in business school and like you were taught the five-year plans is where it was at, right? <laughs> you could do cash flow forecasting five years out to the nickel. Good uh, and uh, we all know that that's just not reality now. 
Uh, Courtney, I really thank you for uh, joining us on the show today and taking us through your, your work with the Duo Group. It's been, uh, been fascinating to chat with you. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, and I, I look forward to doing a follow-up episode. Maybe not in 24 months, but perhaps we'll uh, give it 6 to six to 12 and, and see where things have landed at that point. Indeed. That would be great. That would be great. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.